Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Today is a very special mini-sode where I talk to the cast from Judas and the Black Messiah, which is available on HBO Max now. I want to thank Emmanuel Noizet from E-Man's Reviews. Hop on over to his YouTube channel. He set this whole thing up between him and uh, our critics group, the Chicago Indie Critics. And if you head over to their page, all the information will be linked in the video or in the podcast, depending on what you're listening or watching. I unfortunately didn't have the time to speak with Mr. Daniel Kaluuya, who does play Fred Hampton in the movie. But I did talk to the real Fred Hampton's son, Fred Hampton Jr., basically regarding a question about our broken education system and why America has had this sort of negative image of the Black Panther movement and why they're misunderstood. So please go on the video to check out my question with him. I got to talk to Lakeith Stanfield about his opinion on William O'Neill and if it changed. If you want to know who William O'Neill is, uh, watch the trailer to uh, Judas the Black Messiah or you could check out this interview and you can get some more information about that. Either way, check out the film because it is amazing. Other cast members I got to talk to was Ashton Sanders, Algie Smith, and Dominique Thorne, all who play prominent roles in the film. Having said that, I hope you guys enjoy this interview and have a good one. Hi, this is uh, Mike Crowley from You'll Probably Agree. Um, has your viewpoint changed on William O'Neill like when you did this project because like when you see him from Frey 1 immediately I had an opinion on this guy but as the movie went on things got really complicated yeah um, it did change uh, my opinion started off being a very sort of general idea of this guy someone that I felt is a reprehensible character and a snitch and Someone that um, I thought really sold out the party in a, in a nasty way. And that uh, because I had so much respect for the party, I automatically felt that he was the enemy in my eyes. Uh, as I got into doing more research, I started to find, you, know, you got to think about it. These, 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 these people were, first of all, very young and um, significantly younger than I am now. I'm sorry, 17, 18, 19, 20, which is far more impressionable. And that's number one. And Number two is, I think that uh, Bill O'Neill actually wanted the same thing as Fred Hampton in a strange way. Um, upward mobility, freedom, access to wealth, and, uh, and, but, in not, but in a different way. You know, wealth and, and Fred Hampton's idea represented a communion of, of people and being able to live freely in a society. But wealth and um, O'Neill's idea had to do with being able to be free within yourself, to move how you want and, and be able to exercise from a position of power. And so one could argue that the two philosophies just exist on two sides of the same spectrum. And, but they're just different ways of trying to go about and achieve the same thing. So that also gave me a little bit more insight into him and made me think about the character differently. And also because I didn't have enough of his life story because all of his operations were clandestine and because there was only interviews and court transcripts and, and different second and third hand accounts of him, I couldn't really judge him because I didn't know him. All I knew was the things that he did. So I tried to get out of my own way and not really judge. And, and, and half of it was what I knew. Half of it was my imagination. Well, thank you so much. I, I was just making sure everyone got a chance to speak. Uh, hi, it's Mike Crowley from uh, You'll Probably Agree. Uh, 
this is a question for uh, Chairman Fred and uh, certainly uh, Daniel. You could jump in as well as you like. I don't want you to feel left out. <laughs> um, why, why, you know, I learned so much about the Black Panther movement that I didn't quite know before because in a way it, it felt like the American education system uh, failed me in a way in properly educating me about them. Why do you think it is that history classes don't cover the movement as thoroughly as they do in, in this country? Um, Mal Malcolm X had assessed that America's democracy is an hypocrisy. It's, you know, in other words, it's a facade of freedom. Um, this discussion of you know of an organization, you know, basically ranging from ages fourteen to twenty-four years old. The fact that there's a need for a free breakfast program, it, you know, exposes a contradiction. The fact that there's a need to, to demand the release of political prisoners um, in, a, in a place in a country that um, touts itself with the arrogance to go, you know, what I'm saying throughout the world, you know, to, to actually, you know, um, China, Cuba, the, uh, and other places throughout the world, do they have political prisons? Are there human rights violations? And so for that. For that organization to challenge that, right here, you know, what I'm saying in a major, in particular, in, um, in, in major cities such as Chicago, Oakland, California, the world, and not just that organization, but for the people, and, that, and that's important to recognize the Black Panther Party, where it was a revolutionary organization that was connected to the people. So that climate, so that's something that this state, this system, that's a, that's a discussion that we're told if the, if you're going to have it, have it, in, you know, whisper it. Don't don't you know what I'm saying? Have, to be seen as some sort of uh, conspiracy theorist or whatever, what have you. But to acknowledge in a tangible, concrete form that there, that there were people were assassinated. That we still have political prisoners. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is we still have colonized communities, oppressed communities. So this is sort of a uh, group question, uh, I guess. Um, when it comes to sort of a lot of misconceptions, when it comes to the Black Panther movement, uh, when I saw this movie it definitely shed a lot of light on some things and i was wondering what type of light did it shed on the movement that perhaps uh, you guys uh didn't know when you read the script and uh, approached the film i think for one um <clears throat> what's up it's ashton mm -hmm. i think for one uh fred hampton in general is a historical figure that wasn't taught to us you know he wasn't in history books um the black panther party in history books is kind of taught to be like a hate group towards america almost so um it was interesting to come into this film you know and really uh get to learn what these people were about who they were for the community you know and um where they stood in terms of uh race relations and like social justice you know yeah. Yeah. And, to, and to piggyback on what Ashton just said, like the only reason I know what I do know about the Black Panthers um, was because of my parents. Because if I if I left it up to the education system, I wouldn't know anything. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of the you know the way that they've been portrayed as some type of terrorist group, terrorist organization, like Ashton said, right. um, couldn't be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but but still, because there's so much to learn from them, it's it's a continually uh, revolving door of an, of an education process because they've done so much, um, and their legacy continues to do so much. So, um, yeah. you know, no matter what I read leading up to the script, what I was taught by my parents, there's still stuff that I'm learning every day, um, um, which is a beautiful thing because there's such an important movement and such an important group of 
women and men um, that changed the world and paved the uh, way for us to be able to be mm. here and tell this kind of story, which is so important. I could probably also, very true. I don't think I understood or it didn't really sink into me how young so many of these members were. Of course, I was aware that a lot of these people who chose to join this organization and stand up in this way that they were around my age. But I don't think it was until uh, we were actually there doing this and speaking with uh, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. that it really sunk into me. And that I really uh, understood that on a, on a sort of visceral level, because I think that's a very important thing to remember. And it speaks a lot to uh, the power that we hold as a, you know, as a generation. Well, that's it. I want to thank again Emmanuel Noizet from emansreviews.com. Hop on over to his YouTube channel to check out more content that he has and more interviews and plenty of awesome Marvel stuff. Also, check out the video and podcast that I did when I had Eman over to talk about The Mandalorian. I also want to thank the Chicago Indie Critics for uh, putting out some amazing work. And please go to their website and check out more of their content. And of course, to check out more of my content, including my written review for Judas and the Black Messiah, hop on over to ypareviews.com.